Welcome back to Grey Malkin Lane, the podcast where queer friends talk about the original X-Men comics from the 1960s. Uh, last week we talked about X-Men number three, in which the X-Men battled the Blob and his carnival of strange allies. Uh, we had a lot of discussion about Jean Grey and how everyone was inappropriately flirting with her. Uh, ultimately, the uh, the issue ended when Professor X chose to use his powers yet again to alter the minds of his enemies. Uh, today, we uh, welcome you back for episode four, where we are discussing X-Men number four from February 1964, uh, titled The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Uh, with us today, I have three of my good friends uh, here to discuss the issue with me. If you'd like to, uh, to each introduce yourself and uh, tell me which uh, X-Men character you have the biggest crush on. Uh, I'm Heather, and in general, I think I have, a, like from the movies, I think, got a crush on Rogue. If we're going off of comics, I'm for the Scarlet Witch, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm May, and I would have to say I would love to join Gambit and Rogue's relationship as a third. <laughs> Ooh. You were telling us earlier uh, that people like Gambit just don't exist in real life. Cajuns no. are not that charming. <laughs> I, I grew up in Southeast Texas. Sorry my accent has faded. I've been in Utah for too long. But no, unfortunately, they're not that charming in real life. If, if so, I would move back in a heartbeat. <laughs> Uh, I'm Ian, and that's a tough one. I had not thought about that. I guess I, the one that jumps to mind, perhaps, is Kitty Pride. She is cute. <laughs> what do you like about Kitty? Mm. You know, interestingly enough, probably, I thought that actor that Elliot played Page. her was cute. Yeah, Elliot Page is adorable. <laughs> yeah, so Elliot Page, uh, as Ellen Page, played Kitty. I right. completely right. forgot right. that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ironically, Kitty has come up, I think, every episode so far. <laughs> we have mention, not seen her in the comics yet, and she has come up every there episode. There is a running theme in the current comics where everyone calls her Kitty, but she's like, my name is Kate. I am a grown person, it's Kate, but everyone still calls her Kitty. Hey, it's kind I of, stand. It's kind of fantastic. I love that journey for her. <laughs> Uh, so today we are here to talk about uh, X-Men number four, which has a lot of huge content. Uh, just to put things in context for a minute, uh, X-Men number one, Magneto attacked a missile base, which was a huge thing to do as a villain. Issue two, we had the Vanisher trying to extort the government, uh, attacking the Pentagon even. Issue three was a little bit more uh, uh, simple villainy, but in this issue, we have the scales amp up uh, even farther. Yes. Since the last time we've seen Magneto, he has recruited a team of mutants to work with him now. And of course, they just had to put the word evil in their title. Of course. The Brotherhood of <laughs> Evil Mutants. Uh, as we begin, uh, tell me your thoughts on the original cover from 1964. What do you guys think? <laughs> I really cannot get over the Scarlet Witch. Being her, green. <laughs> her being green and her headpiece with that hair going on, like, it kills me every time. It's so weird, her headpiece. Yes. And I love that the, the focus in this one is Magneto, right. which is interesting because he's not, while it is technically his plan and he's the he's leader, not he's not as present in this <laughs> comic. But he's the puppet master. Well, and there he's looking down at all 
the X-Men on a table as though they're small, like he seems to think, the, the way he, th he thinks of Homo sapiens, but these are, these are also Homo superior, but he doesn't care for them either. I think that's an amazing insight. However, I think he's just hungry. I think he'll pick <laughs> them up and eat them one by one. And I do love that they that he calls them the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. It reminds me of the Evil League of Evil from Dr. Horrible Sing-Along Blog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just have to be very clear yeah. in your title. <laughs> Let people know exactly what they're getting. We have two major coloring mistakes on the front. So Scarlet Witch is in green. In yes. the comic, she's red. And her name is literally Scarlet. Uh, and Quicksilver is blue. Right. But in the comic, he's green. So uh, it's an interesting kind of flub there. Uh, Magneto has traded in his short cape for a much longer cape. <laughs> Which is good because he is an adult As man. As your goals grow, <laughs> so should your cape. Exactly. <laughs> and then we also have the uh, first appearances of uh, Mastermind and the Toad. So before we even break in, let's take some time to talk about the villains in this issue. What do you guys think of the name of the team? The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Okay, first of all. Sexist, right? <laughs> you literally have a woman in your midst and you're still calling yourself the Brotherhood. Well, and also, it seems, it seems odd that someone would go for saying, I'm evil. You know? Right? You would think it, it should be the Brotherhood. It should be the, the group of misunderstood mutants. Or, you know, the Brotherhood of Mutants. Just, come on. Why, why you gotta throw evil So do they later do change their name to the Brotherhood of Mutants at times. And there's also been multiple iterations of this team. Uh, it was led by Mystique for many years. Mm -hmm. uh, they've also, they have also had a short-lived team called the Sisterhood of Evil Mutants. Good. Mm -hmm. uh, which is all women <laughs> way later. Uh, and in, among they them... They should have added just one guy <laughs> to the Sisterhood of Evil Mutants. And given him very you know. little to do. Yes. Uh, among them is uh, Mastermind, who's in this issue. He has a daughter who joins Ooh. the later team. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, the you have to assume if we're looking at uh, motivation, the word evil <laughs> would certainly strike fear into the hearts of people, right? Right. So if Magneto's using, I, I we've reclaimed the word queer, for example, sure. or women. I hope it's okay to have reclaimed the word the b word, the word bitch. <laughs> uh, that type of thing exists for subgroups. So do you think they just took the word evil to try to? Uh, strike fear into the heart of people around them. Like, we're going to use this to scare them. I think that's part of it, because I think that Magneto knows that his cause is not pure. He knows, like, he believes in it fully, mm -hmm. but he knows, I think he knows, even if it's deep down, that it's not a heroic goal. It is not something that people are going to laud him for. And so I think evil definitely is meant to strike fear into people, but it almost feels a little bit tongue-in-cheek because Magneto's like, you all think I'm evil anyway, so I'm going to use that. And that's what I was going for. I think in his mind, he's not evil. Right. But he knows other people would see him that way exactly. and see his goals that way. So he's very much a, hey, I'm going to be accused of this either way. You I want a monster, well I'm going to give it. you one. There are, there are multiple allusions uh, made by theorists that compare Professor X and Magneto to civil rights leaders. Yeah. Uh, yes. So some of the civil rights leaders had the idea of like, we need to take down the dominant population and rise mm -hmm. to power. Others would be like, let's form our own government, our own country. In this issue, we see Magneto more as the former. We see yes. him willing to conquer people and kill humans because he clearly sees himself as superior. Do you like him as a villain in this issue? At one point he says, you know, the emotions don't play into it. It is the plan. We must yeah. stick with the plan. And, and uh, so, no, I think that it's just this ends justify the means type of uh, uh, motivation. Whereas, you know, like you were talking about before, I think 
more recently we see him in movies and other portrayed as someone who really does believe his cause is just. And that is more nuanced to me. This does appear more cartoonish. Mm -hmm. So we also have a clear division here in this issue for the first time. Uh, they say straight out, Professor X and Magneto are the most powerful mutants in the world. Yes. And they have formed their own teams. They are in opposition of each other. Uh, what do you think of their relationship? I still think there's some sub-homoerotic things going on. There. I don't even think it's very sub. I think it is just straight out there. Pun yeah. intended, straight yes. out there. Yeah. <laughs> intended. I think it's interesting because they just both strike me as such puppet masters. And so, like, yeah, they each form their own team and they're each on different <laughs> sides of, quote-unquote, the law. Or, you know, even each other. But we've brought it up before. They are so similar. But I do notice Professor X tends to be a little more subtle in his manipulations. He doesn't want to be caught out. But he can be because yes. he can go into the mind. Exactly. Magneto, Magneto is letting you know he's manipulating Exactly. You. you, I saved you. Now you owe me. Professor X is do as I say. Magneto is call me master. Exactly. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> There's something about the threat of violence is a little scarier than actual violence. I mean, I've taken this from Dave Sedaris, but, you know, I'm going to kick you, but not really. That's almost scarier. Sure, sure. I do think Magneto is a great villain. Yes. Uh, and now we have this form team. Let's talk about them each briefly. Uh, what do you think of the Toad? I have a special <laughs> place in my heart for the Toad. So I actually wrote down because I, you know, come up with terrible jokes sometimes. I wrote, Toad is sure a toady. Because <laughs> he is, like, the entire time he's, like, groveling to Magneto. And he's like, oh, they were all fighting. I saw it happen. And so I'm telling you about it so you can punish them. He's and, like, a tattoo. He is. But he's the most guileless, right? He's the only one that's straightforward. I think so. Yeah. I don't think that he has any real ulterior motives mm -hmm. everything that he is is very face it's very, value yeah he's very surface level. yeah it's very face value like what you see with the toad is exactly what you're going to get from the toad he in the comics he's he's appeared many many times over the years uh and they update his powers from time to time he gets a like a long tongue and yeah sticky yeah. stuff that comes out of his hands and he has that in the movies but as a standard he is generally kind of the simpering mm -hmm. give me attention a uh, slightly unintelligent uh, uh, character who goes through a lot of changes, but always ends up kind of in the same place. Uh, now, a lot of people know Toad from the original X-Men movies from the 90s, yeah. in which uh -huh. he's played by like a really hot like ninja guy. <laughs> I, I think Ray Park was his name. Uh, did you guys, do you guys remember the Toad from the movies? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the infamous scene where Halle Berry as Storm says, that was Do you know what happens scene to a toad that is struck by lightning? Yes. The same thing that, that happens, happens to, to everything else. else. Which yeah. is so terrible. That was my sister's favorite scene because Storm was her favorite X-Men and Toad was her favorite of the other side. And so the scene with the two of them in it was her favorite because they were both her favorite characters. And so she was like, this is like the only scene that they're actually together in the whole movie. There's a short bit of interaction. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about Mastermind. He's the only one on this team I had never heard of before. And so that was interesting for me because it was a new character for me. Like... He makes sense. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this. Well, and it is curious that Toad's the one that uh, sort of eludes 
his powers because Toad is like, I know it's fake. And he just, uh, it, it's, it's a single-mindedness, whereas the rest are fooled because they're, they're overthinking. <laughs> Mastermind, they draw very clearly to be very ugly. He's yes. in this brown, baggy mm-hmm. costume, and he's just like a braggart through the whole thing, mm-hmm. feeling like he deserves everything. Uh, what do you think of his powers? Very interesting, because illusions in the mind are so powerful. I Mm -hmm. mean, just think about the power of placebo, where just the illusion of getting medication can trick your brain into actually making you better. He needs to leave Scarlet Witch alone. Like, goddamn. Oh, my goodness. His his powers as a storyteller excite me. I feel like there's some really cool things. Now, he is most famous in the comics later. A lot of people know of the Dark Phoenix saga. So Jean Grey goes into space. She comes back with this alien entity that's made her all-powerful. Mastermind corrupts her. He makes her believe that she is going, like living in an alternate reality. And here's her husband. And he's like really messing with her brain. So that whole Fall of the Phoenix story, he's kind of the villain in it, which is kind of his most famous claim. Uh, he also has two daughters that are also mutants who have the same types of powers. One is named Mastermind, and one is named Lady Mastermind. And so you see these characters. <laughs> Real creative, y'all. <laughs> Real original. Well, something that just strikes me now as you mention that, the idea, because originally you think, oh, well, he's, he's, he's turned the wall into glass. I think, well, wouldn't it tactilely still feel the same? That's what I was thinking. But like May was saying, like, illusions in the mind is a very powerful right. thing. And right. Well, so... and even if you can say to yourself, well, I know this is fake. If, if, he, if he continued to do it, for all of your reality for an extended period of time. I mean, how, how different is that from, from schizophrenia? Even Absolutely. if you know you suffer from this disorder, yeah. it's still going to be debilitating, perhaps. There's a, there's a scene of him. He comes back recently in an issue of the Hellions. And I'll, I'll keep this simple. But there's another villain called Arcade who's worried that, mm-hmm. that Mastermind is messing with him. So Arcade has set someone up many miles away to verify. So Arcade will say over and over, I'm looking at a wall right now, correct? Correct. Because <laughs> Mastermind can't mess with the guy yeah. who's so yeah. far away. And yeah. it's really smart. It's, uh, it, was, it was really fun. I do think Magne- or Mastermind's a great villain. Though. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so then we have the introduction of the twins, uh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> uh, so w- let's talk about Quicksilver. I love him. <laughs> I love Quicksilver. I think it's really interesting because He's only there for his sister. Mm-hmm. He says it multiple times. He, he would leave if Scarlet Witch were not there. So he was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll stay if my sister is here type of thing. He says that to Magneto a couple times. Um, and he has some level of, of, of just general morals where he, he stops Magneto's, yeah. I mean, spoiler mm-hmm. for the end, but he stops his final plan. Because he's not willing well, to kill I, a lot of people. I think that goes with both of them, though. I don't think that either of the twins at this point at least, are actually evil or fully believe in Magneto's plan. I mean, even Wanda does say, I can't believe that he exactly. would, you know. And she's only there because he saved her life. And Quicksilver's only there because Wanda's there. And so I think it's interesting to see these two that are pretty clearly not entirely evil being part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. It's a smart writing choice, isn't it? Uh, Quicksilver is super fast, obviously. He has a lightning bolt down the center of his costume, which I think is kind of fun. Uh, And they gave him white hair, which is a really interesting character design choice back then. Uh, uh, The comics themselves, uh, we're going to see a lot of Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch in the next several issues, because the Brotherhood comes back again and again. But uh, in Avengers number 16, which is super famous, 
the Avengers has been filled with Captain America and Giant Man and Iron Man and Thor. And there's an issue where all of the team quits except for Captain America. Mm -hmm. And he has a recruitment drive and he ends (laughs) up recruiting. And again, this is a 60s comic. He ends up recruiting three villains to fill out the roster of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And among those three are Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Uh, which is a really bold choice at the time, because as we see in this issue, these are characters who are terrorists, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they go but, on to become super famous in the yes. Avengers, the movies, on and on. But like May and I were talking about on the right up here, we were talking about Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, because again, they are sympathetic villains. Because when you know any of their history and their background and how they grew up, can you really blame them for being radicalized? Can you really blame them for being terrorists because they think that that's the only way to be safe, to avenge their parents, anything like that? And so, like, it really is not surprising that they were able to be so radicalized because they were extremely vulnerable when Mm -hmm. that happened to them. And so they were very open to the manipulation and the radicalization to make them terrorists. They are sympathetic villains and unsympathetic heroes. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Which is an interesting thing, because in the comics, they're both pretty morally bankrupt a lot of the time, even though they have a lot of moments of heroism. Yeah. But in this issue, we see them as kind of shining heroes. Well, Wanda even threatens to leave as well, but Mm -hmm. then is bullied into staying by Magneto. Guilted. And we see see the flashback to what we now know as Sokovia. But well, in the movies, it's Sokovia. oh okay. So <laughs> I'm not aware of the, the yeah. But 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 they're speaking in English. In the comics, it's Transia. Okay, but also in in San Marco, they're speaking English, which I think is probably at this point just a way of they know we can only speak English if we're the that particular demographic reading these comics. But I, when I see comics nowadays, they'll they'll write it in you know a different language and then put a subtitle or something to let us know. But here, there's no indication that the the entire planet doesn't just speak English. So uh, and we have to picture them in this issue with like deep. Eastern European accents, right? Uh, So let's switch to the Scarlet Witch. What do you think of her here? I love the Scarlet Witch. But I I love most iterations of the Scarlet Witch in one way or another. And I do love the complexity of this. She knows that she doesn't want to harm people. She doesn't want to be really involved in any of this other than I feel like I owe my life to this person. And even though I am treated badly, I'm constantly being hit on by mastermind i don't like any of this but i can't leave because i still owe a debt yeah and we're given a a slight backstory for her in which some people in eastern europe see her as a witch they go to attack her and magneto saves her which we presume in this issue is when she learns she's a mutant and she's very beholden to this man who's recruited them for this team uh, which is kind of our first sense of international mutants as well. Everything so far has been American mutants, although uh, Magneto is not uh, yeah. American. <laughs> no. But this is well, the first Xavier's mention we have of someone. Neither is he. Xavier's American. He, he's always been American. In the comics, or in the movies, they make him British. Okay, sometimes. I was like, because in the movies, they're. Uh, British, so. but, I, uh, but this is the first time we see someone outright stated. Yeah. What do you think of her powers in this issue? I. She has hexes that she sends out. I think they're underutilized. I think that you don't really get to see a whole lot of what she can do. It does very much feel like this is the intro. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, what does she get this name for? It feels like a lot of it. It feels like how the teenagers in the X-Men were in like the first issue where we were still figuring out who they were. It is Mm -hmm. how 
the Scarlet Witch seems to me with her powers in this issue. And you assume that she's still in training, so sure. maybe she's still learning how to use them. Uh, but outside of her boxy lime green hat, she's, uh, <laughs> she's a fan favorite, right? Yes. Now, in the comics, she is an incredibly uh, controversial character. Oh, yeah. She marries the Vision. She has children. Uh, she's a huge hero for many, many years, but she also has a couple of mental breakdowns. Yes. <laughs> now, in one of those breakdowns, she ends up rewriting all of reality, much like in the show WandaVision, mm -hmm. where she rewrites the reality of a particular town. And when reality is restored, she utters the words, no more mutants. And millions of mutants around the planet lose their powers permanently. Mm. So she's seen as like an enemy of the state sure. uh, for the mutants. Now, there's also, I'm going to go deep nerd here for just a minute. <laughs> we also learn years later, the backstory as it was revealed is Magneto was in World War II. Mm -hmm. He had a wife named Magda and a daughter. And the daughter was killed by the Nazis. Now, Magneto and his wife were in the concentration camps together. Right. After the war, she sees him as a monster. And she flees, but she was supposedly pregnant with twins. Mm -hmm. And so she goes to this magic mountain called Mount Wondegore, gives birth to the twins, and they are placed in stasis for years and years before they are released and raised by a couple named the Maximoffs mm. in, a, in a small town. Yes. Yes. I did know that. Magneto <laughs> then comes and saves them, recruits them for the Brotherhood, and years later they learn that they are his children. Yes. Now, fast forward decades after that, they're no longer his children. Right. It's been yes. a retcon. They say, never, we were never mutants, we were never his kids. And one of the ongoing theories online is that Wanda used her powers to and say, <laughs> to either write reality to say Magneto is our father, mm -hmm. or to say he's no longer our right. father, because she can alter uh, <laughs> alter probability. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on this crazy this crazy continuity? I actually do like it. It makes sense given you know Quicksilver does look like Magneto. There's no denying <laughs> that their character designs aside. When you actually look at their physical features, they do look alike. Any other thoughts? And of course, Magneto being as powerful as he is, it would make sense that his children would also be extremely powerful. I mean, Wanda can rewrite reality. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. Now, Magneto does have an actual daughter in yes. the comics that we will meet uh, much later in this run of comics. Her name is Polaris. She has green hair and the same mm -hmm. powers as Magneto. Uh, and she's a huge fan favorite. In fact, she's one of the X-Men in the current mm -hmm. comics now. Uh, so, interesting. Uh, okay, are we ready to dive in? Yeah. After, yes. after some hearty discussion, we open <laughs> issue four with Professor X back in the danger room and uh, training the teens again. Uh, we get this delightful image of Beast just being super cool and agile, but then he tries to grab a rope, but it's no... It's not a rope, it's only a camouflage strip of paper. <laughs> I love when Professor X after that says... Remember this lesson, no matter what danger faces you, think twice before trusting a sudden means of escape. And really, isn't that just a good lesson for everyone? Well, it's also like, a bit of a Chekhov's gun, because at the very end, yeah. he dives in when he shouldn't. That's yes. true. So, but a couple of things earlier than this I had was, he, he, he's told by Xavier, beware of sudden traps. And I just, I wrote, I just don't know, are there unsudden traps? <laughs> You know, we were traps. Yeah, but also, and and this is something I'm probably coming into that's already uh, been discussed. But uh, it's Hank McCoy, and you know, they're always it's full names. 
you know, I, I have rarely in my life referred to you as, hello, Chad Anderson. You know, <laughs> I don't. But, uh, and, and the self-talk that he has while he's going through the test is, is out loud. It's not in the little, little thought bubble. Which I love because that's thing. totally me. Yeah. <laughs> I constantly speak out loud to myself. Yeah. And it worked really well when we all wore masks. Because then I could just like mouth it to myself as I'm like walking through the grocery store. Right. Now people can actually see when I do that. Right. So when you but, walk through the grocery store and say, no, I was too careless. It isn't a rope. <laughs> only a camouflage strip of paper. I say things more like, oh, I forgot to get that. Come on, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we still get Lumpy Snowman Iceman for a couple yes. of more issues. But uh, two things that are big revelations about him here. Number one, he can create ice slides. Yes. Which yes. is something he's super famous for in the comics later. You'll see images of like teammates flying and Iceman's just propelling himself yep. through the air on ice slides. Well, and as he introduces the, the new ice slide, he says, no matter what you throw at me, your boy, the Iceman, which sounds kind of like modern slang, right? Your, your boy. boy. <laughs> but then he follows it with, we'll whip up an icy defense in jig time, which certainly does not sound like a modern slang. Now, Iceman also, Heather, do you recall in issue one, we thought he was naked under yes, his suit? Yes, he's wearing underwear. I made a <laughs> note of that. Boxers. He's got boxy yellow trunks. I wrote down, so he has underwear under that snow. <laughs> good to know, good to know. And we also get an answer to your question from the last issue with the fire. Yes. Is that he is under it. He won't completely melt. It's good yes. to know. Just his, just his shell melt. <laughs> Well, and again, as I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a medium X Men. I'll say that I'm a medium X Men. I like them, but I, I, my knowledge is, is, is in the middle. But uh, we have Hank with big feet and big hands, but no blue fur and no hair. Oh, yeah. Right, Not that yet. doesn't happen for many years. Yeah, it's yeah, a science experiment later. gone wrong right. in the seventies. Right. But and you so know, the I name like of... that look for him, though. So yeah. you know, the blue fur or the human. The look? The, glue, the blue fur. <laughs> I have a special place in my heart for both versions of these. Yes. yes. Just not the current version. He's awful in the comics. Oh, he's morally corrupt, and I, I just like him avidly. Uh, next page, we get Professor X uh, instructing Gene to open a mysterious box and find out what's Ooh. inside. And because it's 2021, I had the It's My Dick in a Box song <laughs> in my head. I was literally thinking, what, is there like lingerie in there? Are you going to be crazy? <laughs> 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 going to be one of those for your birthday? Your partner gets you lingerie that's really for them. <laughs> oh, I hope not. He's her teacher, as we discussed last episode. But So it, it turns out to be a cake because <laughs> it's a year since she joined them. And he says, yes, my dear, a little surprise for you all from your proud taskmaster. <laughs> it has been exactly one year since our class began, and I felt the date should be celebrated. And... <laughs> And then Cyclops uses his powers in the best way ever and, and slices, slices the cake with the yes. laser. Would well, that cook else... the cake? Would that like burn it? Oh yeah. Maybe he can do like a very fine sauce. Like how blast. hot is his blast? I, I don't know the heat is level. Is it heat? But he can do like a very fine like yeah. line or it's like a huge blast. Right? Well, and here's the thing. And again, watching the new movies or some of the newer stuff, seems like it's always very powerful and he has a certain level of you know yeah. he can lose control and this one at one point he rolls people down the hall with his yeah. we're gonna get there ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah when he cuts the cake and he's like let me allow me to cut you a piece of my of cake in my own way and she goes why thank you cyclops that's a bit like using an elephant gun to kill a house fly which just <laughs> killed me i love that line <laughs> i love that we're getting to see her sarcasm yes mm. We weren't seeing that last issue. It's very nice to have that back. Yes. 
So Magneto has a long history of setting up very remote bases. <laughs> and this is the first one. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants are living on this isolated island off the coast of something. And we get to meet the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants having dinner together. Uh, Toad looks like a medieval jester. He really does. His, <laughs> his costume, like with the collar and everything. I'm like, what era are you from? Uh, we see Masterminds first using his powers by making Toad think he's a pig, which is kind of amazing, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, and let me just note, of the four issues we've reviewed so far, this is where I really start having fun with the series. Yes. yes. After this, I feel like the issues get progressively more entertaining. Mm. Uh, Scarlet Witch is called... Uh, <laughs> she calls Mastermind repulsive, to which he repeat, or he replies... You are spunky, my little witch. I like that in a female. Someday I may even decide that you would be a worthy mate for Mastermind. Just, oh, so oh. many incel vibes. Excuse me while I go barf. Oh my gosh. God. The female and a mate? Really? It's, it's rather <gasps> disgusting. Now, he's a villain, obviously, and rather irredeemable. But in the heroes, we're supposed to overlook the sexism and find it charming. Not all but... villains are sexist, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not I all actually villains. did make a note of that, that Scarlet Witch is treated the same way that X, the X-Men treat Jean Exactly. Gray. But we're supposed to be, like, okay with Jean's treatment, but... Yeah, be because it's, it's funny and it's cute when the boys are doing it to Jean. It's just boys being boys. But it's creepy when the mastermind does it to the Scarlet Witch, even though it's creepy all the time, no matter who it is. I, I find it very 1960s when she responds to him, how dare you speak to me that way? I'd sooner die than marry you. Because <laughs> obviously he's saying, I want to mate you. And her first thought is, well, it's marriage then, because it's very leave it to beaver back then, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so the, 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 the mutants fight each other for a while, and the then we get mutants. to see uh, the evil mutants, yes. <laughs> and then we get to see Magneto just sticking it to some humans, like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stick you together and steal your boat just because I can. <laughs> You're not gonna auction this off, I must take it. Thank you very much for this. Looks like I won the auction with the highest bid, your life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he has lots of resources, but for some reason he needs to steal this metal ship to go to South America. Obviously. Which is strange. But in fairness to him, he takes one that is not being used. He's not, like, commandeering one with a bunch of people and, like, killing them all. He's taking one that isn't being used. And he's like, no, you're right. going to sell it off, but it's mine now. But also a little later, he conquers a government and sets a nuclear device off. So... <laughs> Chad, why you gotta be like that? <laughs> Magneto, why you gotta be like that? Uh, so we see some interesting things with Professor X's powers here. He senses that something is wrong with this freighter, right? Yes. And he, he kind of assumes that something is going on. Uh, Except, can I mention when Angel comes back from finding the freighter and his first words are, you may applaud if you wish, Jean. I'm back. Well, if it isn't <laughs> little Mr. Modest. Angel, stop. <laughs> he openly brags about his being arrogant and conceited in this, in this issue multiple times. No, I have multiple notes where I either say, Angel, stop, or Angel, no. <laughs> <laughs> buddy, buddy. Oof. <laughs> um, oof. We, we kind of talked about uh, Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver's backstory a little bit. So off panel, Magneto apparently loads his team onto a ship, takes them to Santo Marco. Uh, what was the name of the country? Well, Santo first, Marco, First right? they're on the Uncharted Island in the Atlantic before they go. So he takes them to Santo Marco and conquers the government. Yes. Yep. Just 
uh, he uses a mixture of Mastermind's illusions mm -hmm. and his own power, and he just takes it over, uh, which is pretty impressive. What do you think Magneto's motivations are here? I, I bet it's not good. I think, <laughs> from what I was reading, it feels like it's a test run. It's a test run because this is a very small country, and so he's like, hey, let's see if we can do this. And then if we can conquer enough small places, maybe we can do this on a wider scale and, you know, world domination, which is his ultimate plan. And so to me, it feels like a test run trying mm. to like, okay, how are my, how's my team going to work? How is this going to pan out for us? Mm. And then we can go on to bigger and better things. Well, and as they're, they're going in, we have Toady Toad saying, <laughs> nothing can stop you, Magneto. You were born to rule. So that fits with what, also in that panel, he's jumping and they're showing the little hopping you know, so you know he's yes. jumping, but it kind of looks like he's just leaving a trail of urine. <laughs> and, and then in the panel on the lower left, they're all standing there, but he is he is mid-hop, which apparently even when standing still, he cannot. He has to continue to hop. He's just like a yeah, little, he's just a little hoppy guy. Uh, so here's another fantastic uh, division between Professor X and Magneto where we start debating the difference. Professor X wants to live in plain sight, in hiding, disguise mm -hmm. your powers. If people know where we are, we will literally erase their minds so that yeah. they can't remember yes. us. Magneto takes over a whole country and flies a flag with the letter M on it and says, here's where the mutants rule now. Now, there's a, a running theme in the subsequent decades where the mutants try to create a refuge for themselves. Right. We need yes. our own government. They do it in Genosha. They do it in Utopia. Uh, currently in the comics, they're living on an island called Krakoa. Uh, Krakoa, where they have formed their own nation. Mm -hmm. Like, if you guys won't accept us, we will take our own here. Yeah. So Magneto's ballsy here. Like, he's really setting something up that's a precedent in the comics for decades to come. It is very Zionistic, and I know this is like a hot topic <laughs> politically right now, but you can't deny the, the parallels. Yeah. Especially given that we know that Magneto was a victim right. of the Nazi invasions of the concentration camps. There is just not a way to deny there is. This was clearly an intentional parallel. Mm -hmm. Well, and specifically, the helmets of these soldiers all look fairly German. Yes, there's an interesting commentary there too. He has Mastermind create an army that looks like Nazis right. to take this country over. Right. And again, we don't know Magneto's a concentration camp survivor here yet. Something fascinating <laughs> in the psychology there. Uh, Professor X summons the X-Men, and we see them all in their little rooms hanging out. <laughs> Beast is doing math on the board with his toes. Yes, yeah. Jean Grey's stretching. Exercising, yeah. Like Dancing. It looks like the toe touches. And yeah. Iceman is drinking a milkshake yeah, that is like the size of his, his head. No, no, it's like the size of his head and torso. Yeah. <laughs> he, it is so big. Like, this is Stanley and Jack Kirby's idea. In the 60s, <laughs> kids just drink giant ass milkshakes. Well, it might just be because it's Iceman, and so he, he wants the ice cream. As someone who's lactose intolerant, all I'm thinking is just, oh, the cramps. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's sorbetto. Well, maybe it's like, uh, you know, we see Barry Allen being shown to have to eat lots of lots to keep up his yeah. you know because he has to run a lot maybe this is how he's able it fuels his, his ice powers yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i uh i i'm a little sad there's no giraffe this time i know right <laughs> like, where's the giraffe i just want to create like a, a whole book and it's just the panels of body eating with milkshakes <laughs> yeah. with his milkshakes 
So we see something here that is used in the comics many, many times. The X-Men have a lot of really incredible, powerful telepathic characters over the years. Jean Grey, Psylocke, uh, Emma Frost. Uh, we see Professor X enter a trance and he projects his mind to somewhere called the Astral Plane, uh, which is uh, like a, a consciousness. There's a huge X-Men villain called the Shadow King that like lives in the Astral Plane quite frequently. We also see Magneto projecting his mind there. Now, we already know Magneto's, well, we learn this later. We, he, his helmet protects him from Professor X's telepathy. So either he has some sort of device to enter the astral plane <laughs> or some sort of latent telepathic power. But we get, like, the first hint that these two have some sort of backstory. Yeah. Uh, so we have Magneto saying, only you and your X-Men stand between the mutants and world conquests. Uh, Professor X wants to save mankind, not destroy it. Magneto says the humans are meant to be our slaves. Uh, we'll fight you to the death if we have to. Mutant against mutant. Forevermore, we are mortal foes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, we I see mean, some, like, backstory. There's some hints here, right? You don't hate somebody that much without there being a past. I know. The true, the true opposite of love is apathy. This level of hatred, you know there's something going on. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I think uh, even after reading hundreds and hundreds of comics, it's still fun to talk about the division in their... In their oh, yeah. Uh, their, philosophies for <laughs> for power control uh okay so we see <laughs> there's toad with his trail of urine <laughs> but we see uh we see them conquer the country uh they put m's for magneto on all of their flags <laughs> and, for mutants. and soldiers both they, why not both <laughs> magneto has this terrible costume from the 80s it's just like a purple shirt with the letter m on it but it feels like his entire <laughs> it's like shoulder to pelvis m uh, he's like an obsession with the letter m uh which is kind of amazing um professor x sends the x-men to santa marco they they sneak in posing as students and they're going to liberate the government uh what do you think about these action pages to follow i think it's really cool because even though like the evil mutants don't necessarily have the opposite powers of the x-men they all can finesse just right to be able to fight the x-men i think and, the usage of the powers creatively yes, in their battle I is love really it. fun you right. really get to see that I know it's a, it's a trend recently that the heroes are all like ridiculously overpowered and there's no real struggle. So I do like that there is a struggle here. That, I mean, Angel gets beaten by Quicksilver for a little while. I mean, but then... he makes Quicksilver crash into a wall. Yeah, but very first. <laughs> but at very like... first, it's, it's difficult. It's not easy for him to just... Uh, Hank gets tricked by the glass wall trick with by Mastermind. Like, it's not and easy easy for them to infiltrate they actually have to think on their feet and strategize but i love angel's thought the prof was right there are other mutants like you have seen <laughs> multiple mutants in the past few episodes. why she was like why, why is this news to you you've fought three mutants in the past few months uh many 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 years later we learned that there is this kind of really super powerful i think she's an alien na lady named astra who's helping magneto behind the scenes uh, so it's like they went back and added this character to explain some of his <laughs> power upgrades sometimes. Uh, so just noting that. Um, we get this ridiculous image that Ian referenced earlier with Cyclops <laughs> making these guys like spin down the hall like they're in barrels. I don't know how that works. 
I don't think science works that It's way. unbelievable. It says it right there. <laughs> He's rolling those two powerful guards away merely by training his power beam on them. Yeah, it's just, it's just bizarre. <laughs> it's like um, your powers are very unclear. Yes. <laughs> and then we've got Cyclops really screwed up here. Quicksilver grabs him. Yeah. He blasts this like giant generator. Uh, generator off the wall. And the X-Men really struggle with it for a few Well, places. like he fucks up, but it fucks up for Magneto too. Because... You know, once it gets hit, you're like, run! If the current hits us, we're doomed. If you're gonna mess up, mess up big. <laughs> go big or go home. Well, and this is someone who knows more about it from, from newer stuff, is what I think of Cyclops. This very powerful, but it can also harm anyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's sort of indiscriminate sometimes, you know? Oh, he's been grabbed, but he, he wasn't able to close his eyes or turn off his, yeah. his laser, and so the beam is, is shooting everywhere, and now he's, he's a liability. And we finally get to see Marvel Girl use her powers when she accidentally. Atta- oh no, she accidentally know, attacks still, her own teammates. But she's actually like doing something. She's not just there to look pretty. She grabs a sword and a shield off the wall, and then she says, "Oh my goodness! I thought Magneto's <laughs> men were chasing us." <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, boys. I didn't realize. And then Angel says, "Okay, gorgeous. No harm done." Uh, and then again, Mastermind really fucks with them. He makes yeah. them all think they're going to be burned alive. They're trapped in a corner. But here comes Professor X through the flames, uh, finally entering the action. And he's like, it's all in your mind. Come with me. I thought that was a successful part. Because a lot of these early stuff, of course, is a bit well, comic. <laughs> yes. But that, you know, it's, it's separate pages. There is an advertisement for Chef Boy. I know this is <laughs> yeah. newer, but Chef Boyardee in oh, between. Oh, you're reading 90s version. Right. Yes. But the, the point being, you, you, you get this, oh my, he's coming through the fire. We didn't know he had the power to be impervious to fire, but then, oh, it's not fire. No, he knows. The 60s ads are ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I was hoping for like Winston cigarettes also, or something. <laughs> I was very much enjoying the whole like, oh, and meanwhile, Mastermind's just watching this all through a peephole. I'm like, really? A peephole? <laughs> <laughs> A baleful eye gleams with naked hatred and frustration. Like, okay. Yeah, he he is reaffirmed to be pretty gross. After, yeah, after all of the issues we've read thus far, Mastermind is the creepiest villain (laughs) so far. You're not even trying to hide it. You're just... Uh, So Magneto has a master plan to get ultimate revenge. Now, if you remember in the first issue, he tries to kill the teens. Right. But when they are not dead, he just kind of flies away. And here he has, he's wiring two bombs, one to booby trap the door, the other is a nuclear bomb that will blow up the whole country. If they get past the door. If they get past the door. So he's ready to, like, murder millions of humans here, which is, again, takes his uh, evil to a new level. Maybe he's just testing Professor X, but it's a real bomb. What happens next? Well, we have, this is not the the primary thing, but another instance of uh, modern talk unintentionally, as Wanda says, I can't believe Magneto will let all those innocent people be harmed. I just can't. Just I just can't, can't. even. With, with I literally this. can't even with Magneto right now. <laughs> well, Ma- uh, P- Professor Charles X- is so dramatic. Yeah. And then mm. whenever it's like, Beast, no, don't go through the door because there's a bomb and it's too late. Stop. Xavier literally throws himself <laughs> from his wheelchair. How does he manage that? Like, I'm presuming he's in the wheelchair because his legs don't work. Correct. So, like, how does he get the lift to do that? Oh, his biceps are jacked. Yeah, just... <laughs> he... <laughs> well, because he, like, goes with his 
arms out. And so it's like, how did he leverage himself through torso, the air just like a that? Torso thrust. <laughs> well, he also uses his powers here in a weird way again. He senses danger at the door. There's a bomb. Now, realistically, he probably read like Toad's thoughts or something, right? right? Yeah. But uh, but I think what's happened here is Stanley and Jack Kirby have written themselves into a hole yes. already with Professor X by issue four, where he's too powerful. Let's put him in this explosion, and it right. allows the characters to do things without him, which yeah. is which is a good storytelling sure. device, I think. Uh, Professor X gets written out of the comics so many times in the following decades. He always comes back, but he is written out again <laughs> and again and again. Yeah, but then you see because the bomb on the door goes off but then before all of the evil mutants leave quicksilver's like no i can't yep. let this nuclear bomb go off and kill so many people especially because like if you look at his background mm-hmm. like that has to strike a chord the bomb's killing so many people yeah there's there's uh again maybe he's just fucking with professor x but yeah this is a pretty evil move again yeah. he's ready he's dominated a country and he's ready to, uh, he's ready to, uh, like, kill millions to yeah. get it. And so it's here that you see, like, the twins aren't necessarily evil, and they're not necessarily entirely on board with Magnus' plan. Because Quicksilver is willing to disarm this bomb no matter the consequences. He says mm-hmm. so himself. Because he can't watch so many innocent people killed. Well, and this may be reading something into it, but the specific wording is, could not allow a nation to be destroyed. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you look at their background, like that has to strike a chord. Yeah, we're certainly seeing elements of heroism. Yeah. Uh, although, again, Quicksilver is a pretty morally bankrupt well, character <laughs> in the future. Yes. Let a, him have his heroism in this. He's a terrible child. father, and he like screws with people a lot. But in this issue, I <laughs> do issue, like he's him. He's supportive of his sister. He, even though he doesn't agree with her choices, he supports her agency to make those yeah. choices. He doesn't want to see. He saves a whole nation of people from yeah, being destroyed by people bomb. dying needlessly. Let it's... him have his moment of heroism, Chad. <laughs> I will. I do like him here. I really do. Uh, and then we see Professor X. They rush back to check on him. His uh, brain has been affected. His brain has been affected. Leave me. <laughs> I know. So dramatic. Leave me. His brain, but that's his greatest weapon. <laughs> I'm not no good, good to you anymore. <laughs> So uh, reading this uh, this actual bubble, leave me, I'm no good to you anymore. The explosion deadened my mutant mental power. I can no longer read minds or throw my thoughts. Go after the evil ones. Forget me. Forget me. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, earlier in the issue, we have him celebrating a year of training. Right. And now we close the issue with them saying, if he doesn't get his power back, like, how are we going to move on on right. our own? Which is, that's kind of a cool story shift yeah. as we go on. Uh, thoughts on the cover for issue five as we look ahead. We have the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Wanda's still in green, uh, and Angel seems to be trapped all alone. The angel is true. I like that Bobby's throwing a giant snowball at Quicksilver's head. It seems very Uh, we have tiny X-Men in the background again. Uh, Quicksilver's in blue here still, so another coloring mistake. And Toad's got some biceps. He's showing off his guns. <laughs> With all well, that and... hopping, you'd think it'd be his thighs that he wants to show <laughs> <laughs> Well, an angel's pink, which presumably is sort of a lighting thing, but so. uh, what does it mean? We don't know. The Scarlet Witch is still in green and Quicksilver's still in blue. It's like, come on, guys. I think they designed the covers before they wrote the interiors sometimes. Probably. Uh, we also have it switched up on the on the insignia. We have Beast there now, and Iceman's tossing some snowballs. 
Uh, we can kind of tell that Lee and Kirby have gotten their groove here a little bit. Now. Yeah. They, they have discovered who the X-Men are and what types of stories they're trying to tell. Uh, what are you most excited about as you look forward? I am excited for more of the twins. I love Maximoffs. And so I'm excited to see more of them and how they play into everything. Safe to say they're your favorites in this issue? They are. I, I do. I, I might be biased from other things, but I do love <laughs> them. <laughs> and I really like the idea of watching the team function without Professor X. Because as you were mentioning, he is this kind of overarching character. This puppet master is pulling all the strings. And so having him kind of powerless for a little while and having the team actually have to operate without him and without that almost omnipresent presence that is Professor X, it gives them a lot of room to grow and for us to see how they handle. I'm excited to learn that Wanda can do more things than collapse ceilings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she also spilled water in Mastermind's lab. That's true. That's true. But I could do that to be fair. <laughs> but not with your hex powers. Uh, I, I am thrilled that we got to see Professor X act as a hero. Yes. Where he's throwing himself in, like he's doing something to sacrifice himself as opposed to just erasing people's minds and bossing people around. Yeah. Uh, I love the division between. Dick. <laughs> I love the division between Professor X and Magneto that starts here and it, and it builds from there. I have a very special place in my heart for Toad. There's a handful of villains that I just love, and Toad is one of them. Uh, although he's terrible. I re- oh, by the way, his real name is Mortimer Twain. Oh, of course. Isn't that great? Unfortunate. <laughs> See, Toad wasn't allowed to be my favorite growing up because he was my sister. I had pick <laughs> uh, Mastermind. Just uh, just for a sense of inclusion, Mastermind's real name is Jason Wingard, which is a great villain. Yes. Uh, who were your favorite characters from this issue? We already know Heather loves the twins. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked Pietro in this issue because he is so complicated. Just that I'm I'm here, but I don't really want to be here. And I love and support my sister, but I don't agree with her choices. But as long as she's making these choices, I'm, I'm going here. to stand by yeah. her and support her. It's just very interesting seeing how that all plays out with him. And it... It really gets you interested in the Maximoff siblings as siblings, their relationship and their dynamic. Because they just, it is very clear that no matter what else happens, they both have just so much love for each other. And it's awesome. Uh, the first three issues, we get three solo villains. Mm-hmm. It's fun to have a team yeah. fight for them to fight. Now this team, the Brotherhood, comes back over and over and over again, sometimes in revenge plots. Uh, but some of the issues to come are the X-Men and the Brotherhood racing to recruit someone first. <laughs> like, come and join our team first. We get a lot of that as well. Uh, next week, we will be back for X-Men number five, which is titled Trapped. One X-Men, uh, in reference to Angel. Uh, thank you all for being here at uh, Grand Malkin Lane today. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.